ফুসিনাহ when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he came to madinatul munawwara most of his daughters were married hazrat zainab radiyallahu ta'ala anha she is the eldest she was married to abu al-as ibn rabi' radiyallahu ta'ala an the second daughter Hazrat Ruqayya radiyallahu ta'ala anha she was married to Hazrat Usman radiyallahu ta'ala and when the second daughter Hazrat Ruqayya when she passed away the third daughter of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam Umm Kulthum she was married to Hazrat Usman radiyallahu ta'ala and just to repeat that there is not a single soul in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who shares this position with Hazrat Usman radiyallahu ta'ala and he was the only individual who was given this sharf, this honor to marry two daughters of a Nabi the only man from Adam alayhi salam until the day of Qiyamah to marry two daughters of a Nabi and that two the daughters of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and when Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam arrived in the city of Madinatul Munawwara the youngest daughter Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha she was the only daughter who was unmarried and who had reached the age of nikah now the closest person to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was of course Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an a man who dearly loved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an was the first man to propose the hand of Bibi Fatima radiyallahu ta'ala anha and thereafter when rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
did not respond to the proposal of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq Allah's Nabi maintained silence thereafter Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala the one who was again very close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam he came and he proposed to Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha and again Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam maintained silence now this was something this character Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een were well acquainted with the mizaj the temperament and the character of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam they knew exactly the reasons why Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would say na'am yes or no or he would remain completely silent Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam when it came to making a decision important decisions he was always assisted by Rabbul Alameen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there was always this divine intervention and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not receive any information with regards to the nikah of Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha and so he did not respond to the proposal of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an and also to the proposal that came from Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an now just to open the matter nowadays it seems quite difficult to even understand that how is it possible for a man who is so senior and much older in age someone like Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala nearly the same age as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam for him to ask for the hand of Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha and the same thing goes for Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala a man who was much older and Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha was extremely young of course and for them for both of them to ask uh, for us it's difficult to understand the reason my respected brothers is that nowadays we want to understand the seerah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam with the mindset of the 21st century we want to understand the seerah with the mindset of the 21st century and that is why it's difficult for us to understand we need to understand that in the Arabian society differences in age between the bride and the bridegroom was never ever a problematic issue never ever it was never a problem a man can be 50 years of age and the lady might be 17 years of age in the Arabian society the Arabs were accustomed to that kind of a setup and this was intentionally designed by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam things were very different before the coming of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam so it was never a surprise for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and to ask in fact it was something that was expected that the one who is extremely close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam he would be the first man to put forward the proposal and ask for the hand of Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha we need to understand that nowadays things are very different 
and during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, everything was different uh, to our culture. In fact, Hazrat Bibi Khadija al-Kubra was 15 years elder in age than Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. 15 years, not a problem. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in his early 50s when he got married to Bibi Aisha who was in her early teens who was in her early teens and Rasulullah was in in his early 50s not a problem at all it was never an issue in the Arabian society age was never a problem no matter what the age why Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had disciplined the Muslim community, the Muhajireen, men and women, the Ansar, men and women. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam wanted to make sure that the women have been given all the safety and they are secured. And that is why during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, a woman would always hold the status of being married. Always. She was always in the wedlock of an individual, of a person. There was no such thing as a single lady, a single person. There was no such thing as miss. There was no such thing as miss. Everyone, all the ladies were misses. If a lady was divorced, immediately a group of companions after her iddat, after her iddat, there were a group of companions with sincere intentions they would propose and they would say that let her come in our nikah and we will look after her with good intentions if there was a lady who was a widow immediately sahabai kiram ajma'in would take that lady under their wing under the roof and say we will look after that lady and so there are reasons and sharia has kept everything open and there is a lot of wisdom in that my respected brothers and elders and so it should be of no surprise of no surprise alhamdulillah very important teachings of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Age is not a problem. But of course, alhamdulillah, that uh, uh, compatibility uh, in every sense is very important nowadays that when you get married, this is a separate issue. But if a man was to choose someone younger or vice versa, then this is perfectly accepted in Islam. There is not a problem. And so it should be no surprise that Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an were the first people to ask Hazrat Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha to marry them. Now just to explain uh, the environment uh, that was maintained by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the companions through his teachings. Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu ta'ala an is a sahabi. He says that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed from a group of people, a group of youth. And he said to them, Ya ma'ashar al-shabaab, or uh, young men, ma'ashar al-shabaab, or young men, manistata'a minkum al-ba'ata, whoever amongst you has the capacity to support a family, falyatazawwaj, then I order you to get married immediately. I order you to get married immediately. When a person does not follow the instructions of Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam, things go wrong. And nowadays we are witnessing in the Catholic camp all sorts of things going wrong for them and 
child abuse and going back as many years as 50 years, 30 years and concealing the matter and the issue is that when you when it becomes part of your belief that a priest cannot marry this celibate life when a, pri- a priest cannot marry which is something very unnatural then who are the men going to attack what happens in the prisons when you can't see a woman what will happen what is the story of uh, all of the soldiers the American army and also what's happening in the church today because they have moved away from the teachings of Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam something which is very natural and in the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam it was more easier for a person to get married than reciting suratul fatiha it was more easy for a person to get married than reciting suratul fatiha is it difficult to recite suratul fatiha even easier than that and this was again the work of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam even easier than that was for a person to marry and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to the youth that if you get married, you have the capacity to support a family. Allah's Nabi said, that is good. You get married, why? It is effective for your gaze to be kept low. For your gaze to stay down. That you will look down if you get married early. And he said to those who could not afford getting married or were in, um, or were in difficulty, did not have the finance to support themselves or even uh, a lady who would come in their nikah Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said for you, for the youth who can't marry then fa'alayhi bisawm then on you is fasting upon you is fasting a man came to Maulana Shafali Thani rahmatullah alayhi and uh, said to him Hazrat I have this uh, tremendous sexual urge but at the same time, at the same time, I haven't got the financial means to support a family. And so there was somebody uh, listening to this conversation. And Maulat Hanvi was on one side, there was another person. Uh, he quickly said to that person, why don't you fast? Why don't you fast? And so he said, Hazrat, but I have fasted, I do fast and it has not worked for me. Fasting has not worked for me what kind of a person must he be <laughs> fasting does not work for him <laughs> now Mawlana Thani rahmatullah the great scholar that he was Hazrat said to him okay how many fasts did you keep he said two <laughs> how many two two fasts I kept two fasts and it doesn't work for me Hazrat rahmatullah explained the meaning of the hadith and he said in the hadith it means that uh, it's not about two fasting two days but one must fast regularly without missing and that is why my respected brothers you will notice that uh, during the the early section of the month of Ramadan a person is is not weak but after 15 days 16 days 17 days he will get weak so in your first 10 days, in your first ashra, you still have the energy and strong. In your first ashra. But as you start the second ashra, you get tired and you feel it. You feel that you're getting weak. And you're looking at the, 
at the clock uh, Asr now how long is how long will it be for Maghrib you feel it and so Maulana said it's not about a, a few rosas that you keep but continuously fast and that will suppress your sexual urge and this is the maqsad and the meaning of the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. but the problem is mashallah we fast but at the time of Maghrib iftari we do jihad what do we do? jihad we eat so much samosas and kebabs that mashallah we've gained all the calories that we wanted to lose all the calories we gain that we wanted to lose and in fact that food is enough for us that even if we missed out from sahri it would be sufficient for us and, and you see we've got to look at all the different angles of fasting but indeed this is a remedy that comes from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and sahabai kiram ajma'een were very serious on the subject of nikah this was a serious matter for them a very serious matter. Hazrat Abu Nujayb radiallahu ta'ala an reports one hadith. He says that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to the companions that that man who is without a wife is a miskeen, a needy man. And he said it twice. A man without a wife, he is a miskeen, a needy man. And so Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in said, Ya Rasulullah, even if that man was rich, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, even if he was rich, he's still a miskeen. And then thereafter he said, that lady without a husband, she is a miskeena. She is also a miskeena. A needy lady. And he said this twice. And so Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in said, Ya Rasulullah, even if she is rich, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, even if she is rich, no problem. Why? Because neither of them have acquired peace and comfort and contentment, which is the main objective of wealth. Neither of them have acquired peace, comfort and contentment, which is the objective of wealth. So both of them are miskeen, are needy people. Allahu Akbar. And in fact, one hadith which is narrated by Hazrat Abu Zar radiallahu ta'ala an, Allah's Nabi had uh, met a sahabi whose name was Aqqaf. His name was Aqqaf. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Aqqaf, Aqqaf, are you married? And he said no. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him that, have you got the means to marry? And he said yes. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam got so angry so angry that said Allah's Nabi said to him that you are the brother of shaitan that you are the brother of shaitan and Allah's Nabi said that if you were a Christian you would have been their monk if you were a Christian you would have been their monk and so this was a serious matter for sahabai kiram ajma'een and they would assist each other, the men and also the women. And they were a, a pillar of support for one, one another. No matter what the age, they would be there at all times supporting and if needed be to get married to each other also. And this was the environment of the Muslim community during the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That is why in the riwayat of Bazar it is mentioned, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha says that Get married because marriage will attract wealth. 
get married because Allah will give you a lot of wealth. And wallahi lazim, you will notice that when you get married, Allah will give you a lot of wealth. A lot of wealth. Why? Because a lady attracts rizq. What does she do? She is attracting the rizq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so get married. So this was the environment during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Shahjanpur. In Shahjanpur, uh, there was a man, 99 years of age. 99 years of age. And he got married to a lady. Allahu Akbar, he got married and the sons and the daughters and the daughter-in-laws got angry, demurred at him and said, we serve you, what is the reason for you to marry? 99 years of age. And he got married to a, a lady. And what did that old man say? He said to the children, that you will never understand, you will never understand what I explained to you. But all he said is that no one can comfort a man like how a wife can. No one can comfort a man like how a wife can. But again the children went against the father and said, Oh look at this man, 99 years of age and he's still drinking Lucas 8. Huh? He still wants to get married. He still got the energy. Mushtaq, Ibrahim by whom came? We won't talk about the clock system. But, Allahu Akbar, what had happened is that all of a sudden he, he became ill, suddenly. And the illness was acute dysentery, infection in the intestine that would mean that this would cause severe diarrhea. Severe diarrhea. And now what had happened is that there was this unbearable foul smell with this old man at all times. And the room was filled with this stench of foul smell that was there. All the children deserted him, left him. And the daughters would not want to look after the father. And the daughter-in-laws would shut the door, foul unbearable smell. 25 times a day diarrhea. How many? 25 times a day diarrhea. It's easy to speak, my respected brothers and elders, do khidmat when your parents get old and when they become bedbound. That is the time to show. And that is the time Allah looks at who the register who is serving the parents. And it was this lady who he got married to. Subhanallah. Without showing any kind of guilt, she would make him sit, so that he could relieve himself. She would clean him 25 times a day from the diarrhea, wash the clothes, smile at him, look after him, bathe him, and would give him all the service that this old man, 19 years of age, needed. And when this man finally recovered, he called his sons and the daughters and said, Now do you know why I got married to this lady? Now do you know why I got married to this lady? If it was not for my wife, I would have died in this state. I would have died in this smell. Allahu Akbar. And so there are reasons, my respected brothers. Mawana Fazlur Rahman sahab. 
Bala Fuzlu Rahman Sahib got married when he was 100 years of age. How many? 100 years of age and he got married. 100 year old man and the Imam is saying, Ji, Bala Fuzlu Rahman Sahib, aapne fala aurat ko apni nikah mein kabool kiya? Ji, haan, mainne kabool kiya. Idris, aapne kabool kiya? Don't say anything right now, why? Kisko kabool kiya? Aapki biwi to ghar par hai, sun rahi hogi. Allah Akbar 100 years 100 years and why? he was completely incapacitated and suffering from external ulcers and it was this good lady with a smile she would clean Hazrat day and night day and night nursing Malana Fazlur Rahman Sahib day and night looking after Malana Fazlur Rahman Sahib Malana Rahmatullah Alayhi says that Hazrat Haji Saab Rahmatullah Alayhi got married to a second, he had taken a second wife much late in his life. Much late in his life, when he was an old man. Hazrat Haji Saab married again. Why? Because the first wife became blind. The first wife became blind. And he was also very weak. And he got married to this second, to this lady who became the second wife. It is said that this lady looked after Hazrat Haji Saab and also the co-wife. And she would look after both of them. And these are the good reasons, my respected brothers. So when a person gets married, it does not mean that he has married for only sexual reasons. But it could be perfectly genuine reasons why a man will want to marry and a woman will want to marry. And there is not a problem in the age. Generally speaking, according to the Sharia, there is nothing wrong. Subhanallah. If both the individuals are happy, then that is their choice. If both the individuals are happy, then that is their choice. And so it should be no surprise that Hazrat Abu Bakr wanted to marry Hazrat Bibi Fatima. And Hazrat Umar wanted to marry Bibi Fatima. Why? There were good reasons. Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam has mentioned in the hadith, that Fatima is part of the flesh and bones of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What did he say? That Fatima is part of the flesh and bones of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And tell me, who would not want to be part of the flesh and bones of Rasulullah? Who would not want that opportunity? And in fact, this was their love they had for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They knew if Bibi Fatima was to come in their nikah, and if Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha was happy, this would mean that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is happy. And the purpose was only to please Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so we need to understand some of the masail when we speak about Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een. In the time of Rasulullah, getting married was very easy. Extremely easy. And I say it is more easier than even reading Surah Al-Fatiha. So easy. Never an issue. Perhaps Allah had decreed something else for the Khulafai Rashidin. Of course, when we see that Alhamdulillah, Allah had already given honor to Hazrat Abu Bakr and Umar. That Hazrat Abu Bakr's daughter was married to who? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Hazrat Umar's daughter was married to Hazrat Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Hazrat Usman had how many daughters of Rasulullah? Two daughters. 
That means the only individual left is who? Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Two daughters taken from Hazrat Abu Bakr, one from Hazrat Abu Bakr, one from Hazrat Umar, and they came into the nikah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Hazrat Usman, two daughters were given by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to this great man. The only man left now is Hazrat Ali. Hazrat Ali was the youngest and the youngest daughter was Hazrat Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anha says that he had this maid servant that he had freed and she would at times come to meet Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anha. And she said to Hazrat Ali that why don't you ask for the hand of Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. And Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anha would say that if Allah's Nabi did not say yes to people like Hazrat Abu Bakr and Umar, who am I? What was he thinking? That if Allah's Nabi said nothing to Hazrat Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, who am I? These are people who are very close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What position do I have as compared to the Khulafai Rashidin? And so the maid said, no, no. Why don't you ask Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And even some of the Ansari companions came. And Azad Ali was a young man, mashallah, very handsome, a warrior. And they said to Ali also, Ali, Bibi Fatima, she should be your wife and you must make nikah with Bibi Fatima. As it is now, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is also looking for a son-in-law for Bibi Fatima radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala says that I got the courage and I said let me go and ask Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? As it is that he was living with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was part of the family. And so he decided let me go to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he went to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sitting relaxed and the personage of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was such that I completely forgot and the words did not come out from my mouth and I could not even utter that I am here asking for Bibi Fatima. I am here to ask for the hand of Bibi Fatima. And so when I came to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I greeted him and I said, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And I sat in front of him and I could not say anything thereafter. I could not say anything thereafter. This was the ru'ab of Rasulullah sallallahu Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam smiled at Ali and said, Ali, are you here to ask for the hand of my daughter? Are you here to ask for the hand of my daughter? And Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala was so happy and he said, yes, ya Rasulullah. In fact, that is why I am here. In fact, that is why I am here. And what did Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do? He said, Ali waits. I have to ask my daughter. Subhanallah. Talk about forced marriages. I have to ask my daughter. Now this is again a very important issue. Today, nowadays, to facilitate immigration, you'll find that parents from Pakistan want to call someone from Pakistan. Oh, gee, daughter, no, no, you have to get married to brother Jabbar in Pakistan. But she does not want to marry brother Jabbar from Pakistan. No, no, you have to. We need to give him a British passport. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. And also the people from India. 
Allah save us at times you'll even find that a brother will want to marry a sister in India and make uh, a false civil marriage and call someone over inna lillahi wa inna to facilitate immigration a woman should be given the choice yes if she chooses a person in Pakistan in Bangladesh in India or in any part of the world we have to respect that but a father and a mother cannot force the children the child that no you have to marry here you have to marry that is wrong yes of course in Islam the parents play a pivotal role in mashallah providing all the information to the children just like Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam spoke to Bibi Fatima and when he came with the proposal Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to Bibi Fatima Fatima my daughter I come in front of you with the proposal of the best man of Quraysh what did he say? I rank Ali to be the best man of Quraysh explaining to the daughter that even my heart is inclined with this individual so think about it my daughter don't make a hasty decision think about it give that choice to a lady to a girl and to a boy allow him to do istikhara don't just sort of dictate over children then things go wrong then there is no muhabbat then there is no love in the family and so we need to look into these very important issues in Islam and so when Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha smiled and she did not say anything remember that the masla of fiqh is that an untouched lady a chaste woman when she is silent that means this is permission consent given and so Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to Ali, Ali, yes, you can marry my daughter. But then Allah's Nabi said, have you got anything to give her as mahar? Have you got anything to give her as mahar? Mahar. I don't like to use the word dowry, but chalo, dowry bol dete, mahar is an Arabic word. And so Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Ali had a very big heart. Very big heart. What he had, he would give in the path of Allah. Like the Khulafai Rashidin, all Sahaba. It was not that he was a poor man. But whatever he had, he would give. And this was his lifestyle. So have you got anything to give to my daughter? And he said, No, Ya Rasulullah, I have nothing. Allah's Nabi reminded him, Ali, you have? Remember the armor that I gave you after the battle of Badr? The armor I gave you after the battle of Badr? And he said, yes. And Allah's Nabi said, why don't you sell that? And with that sum, pay the mahar to Bibi Fatima. And so he said, indeed, we will do this. Now who is going to buy this armor from Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an? Who is going to buy it from him? Now news went round Madinatul Munawwara that Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an needs to pay up for the mahar and he's going to sell this armor. Subhanallah, who comes along? And Aliyazu Billah, the Shias hate him. The Shias hate him. Hazrat Usman. Who was he? Usman. Allah give them the understanding. I was in Jannatul Baqi and there was a, a discussion and I said to one of the chaps, I said, I am going to pray here where the Ahle Bayt are and I want you to come with me where Hazrat Usman is. And they said, no. They dislike Sahaba Ikiram Ajma'in. But let's look at the love of Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Usman. These are things we need to understand. 
And so Usman radiallahu ta'ala was a rich man. Remember, he was the tajir. Very rich man. And he said, Ali, come here, Ali. You want to sell this? He said, yes. He said, how much do you want for this? And Hazrat Osman said, I will pay you 500 dirhams, which was an extortionate price to pay for that armor. 500 dirhams. And so he said, you'll give me 500 dirhams? Yes. And he gave him 500 dirhams. This was the love that Sahaba had. They would help each other, facilitating nikah. And the armor was given to Hazrat Uthman and 500 was given to Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Ali was very happy, extremely happy. And he said, MashaAllah, SubhanAllah, I've got my mahar money. InshaAllah, we will stop at that and we will continue in our next session of Dars Hadith. Why? Because we need to explain with regards to the mahar Fatimi and the issue of uh, all of the mahar that is given also nowadays, inshaAllah. Uh, it would be better if we um, continue this discussion in the next session. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammadin nabil umi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima. Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tuba alayna inna kanta tawabur rahim. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanallahi lazim. Sami'na wa atwana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir. Birahmatika ya rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi w